No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord gives Ezekiel the details of the sanctuary of the future Millennial Temple, along with the building at the western end of the courtyard. We hope you join us as Pastor Darrell continues in Ezekiel chapter 41 on Simply the Bible. In chapters 40 through 43, Ezekiel is led on a guided tour of the future millennial temple in Jerusalem. It appears that it's an angel who is his guide who measures the various walls, buildings, and rooms. The Lord told Ezekiel to share these specifications with the captives in Babylon so that they would be ashamed of their iniquities, but also they would understand that the law for this future temple would be holiness. This we can expect because during the millennial reign of Christ, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I can't even imagine what that's going to be like. Now, as we go through these specifications, it is difficult to visualize just from my description. If you go to the notes on the Simply the Bible podcast, I have included a link for a video of a 3D walkthrough of the temple as we see it described today in Ezekiel chapter 41. Watching that will give you a much better feel for the space and the layout. The whole temple area is enormous, roughly 13 times the area of a complete football field. We continue today in Ezekiel chapter 41, but I'm going to be paraphrasing most of this because it is rather tedious reading. Now, entering the holy place of the sanctuary, the doorway was 17 and a half feet wide with walls eight and three quarters feet long on either side. The interior dimension of the most holy place was 70 feet long by 30 feet wide. The man or angel who was guiding Ezekiel went further into the most holy place. Now, Ezekiel was a priest but he could not go into the most holy place because only the high priest could do that and then only once a year on the Day of Atonement. The doorway going into the most holy place was ten and a half feet wide with walls twelve and a quarter feet wide on either side. Now, now as you go into the most holy place, the entryway is narrower, probably speaking to the fact that it is more holy and a more narrow entryway, you see. The dimensions of the most holy place were 35 feet by 35 feet. Now next, he measured the wall of the temple, which was 10 and a half feet thick. There was a row of rooms along the outside wall, and each room was seven feet wide. These side rooms were built in three levels, one above the other, with 30 rooms on each level around three of the walls. The temple walls against which they were built were offset 21 inches for each story. So the first story rooms were 
seven feet long. The second story rooms were eight and three quarters feet long. The third story rooms were ten and a half feet long. And then the temple wall narrowed by 21 inches on each floor as it rose higher to to compensate and to make the rooms uh, wider as you went up. In the center of the wall was a stairway that went up three floors. Now, the temple was built on a 10 and a half foot high platform that extended an additional eight and three quarters feet all around the sanctuary, forming a ledge. There was a distance of 35 feet between this raised platform and a row of rooms along the outer wall of the inner courtyard, which we will talk about in a bit. Two doors opened from the side rooms onto this platform, one on the north side and one on the south side. Now, a large building stood on the west facing the temple courtyard. It was 122 and a half feet wide and 157 and a half feet long, and its walls were eight and three quarters feet thick. This was along the western wall, for there is not a western gate in this temple. We are not told what the building is used for, but presumably it, it is for storage of some kind. The entire temple structure was 175 feet long, and with the surrounding courtyard, it was 175 feet wide. The inner courtyard to the east of the temple was also 175 feet wide. And then the area to the west, including the building that was against the western wall, was also 175 feet. So you have these three sections, each 175 feet by 175 feet, uh, all connected together. And the holy place, the most holy place, and the entry room of the temple were all paneled with wood as were the frames of the recessed windows. All the walls were decorated with carvings of cherubim, each with two faces, and there was a carving of a palm tree between each of the cherubim. Now this would, of course, approximate the cherubim that are before the Lord in heaven. One face, that of a man, looked toward the palm tree on one side, the other face, that of a young lion, looked toward the palm tree on the other side. The figures were carved all along the inside of the temple from the floor to the top of the walls. There was an altar made of wood five and a quarter feet high and three and a half feet across. Its corners, base, and sides were all made of wood. The man said, this is the table that stands in the Lord's presence. Now, some commentators relate this to the table of showbread in Solomon's temple, others to the altar of incense, but we are not really told its function. It is interesting that we do not see in this temple the Ark of the Covenant, which is probably not needed because the Lord himself will be there in the temple. We are not told that the lampstand is there again. He will provide the light. Uh, there is no mention of the table of showbread or the altar of incense. This altar made of wood is the closest thing that we get, and we're not really told its function. Now, both the holy place and the most holy place had double doorways, each with two swinging doors. 
The doors leading into the holy place were decorated with carved cherubim and palm trees, just as on the walls. And there was a wooden roof at the front of the entry room to the temple. On both sides of the entry room were recessed windows decorated with carved palm trees. Now, in chapter 42, the man took Ezekiel out of the inner courtyard by way of the north gateway and entered into the outer courtyard and came to a group of rooms against the north wall of the inner courtyard. This structure, whose entrance opened toward the north, was 175 feet long and 87 and a half feet wide. One block of rooms overlooked the 35-foot width of the inner courtyard. Another block of rooms, a separate building, looked out onto the pavement of the outer courtyard. And these two buildings were built three levels high and stood across from each other. Between them ran a walkway 17 and a half feet wide. It extended the entire 175 feet of the complex and all the doors faced north. Each of the two upper levels of rooms was narrower than the one beneath because the upper levels had to allow space for walkways in front of them. On the south side of the temple, there were two blocks of rooms or two buildings just south of the inner courtyard between the temple and the outer courtyard. These rooms were arranged just like the ones on the north. Now, the man told Ezekiel, these rooms that overlook the temple from the north and south are holy. Here, the priests who offer sacrifices to the Lord will eat the most holy offerings. And because these rooms are holy, they will be used to store the sacred offerings, the grain offerings, sin offerings, and trespass offerings. When the priests leave the sanctuary, they must not go directly to the outer courtyard. They must first take off the clothes they wore while ministering because these clothes are holy. They must put on other clothes before entering the parts of the building complex open to the public. Now, this is as good a time as any to address a concern that many people have about this temple literally existing during the millennial reign of Christ. They say, why in the world would you have these various offerings, burnt offerings, sin offerings, trespass offerings, peace offerings, that we will see are offered here in this temple? Why do you need these when Jesus has already provided the sin offering once and for all time? And it's a good question. The only thing that we can really say is that these must be memorial offerings. And just like the offerings that were in Leviticus under the Old Covenant looked forward to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, so these, during the Millennial Kingdom, when there are going to be people born during that 1,000-year reign of Christ, these offerings will be offered as a memorial looking back to what Jesus Christ did on the cross in being our sin offering. Now, we know that in the Old Testament, those offerings could never put away sin. They just covered it and were a sign of the greater sacrifice that was to come. And in the same way, these offerings that will be offered in the millennial kingdom will not take away sin. They will just look back to what Jesus did and uh, in the same way. And it will be that continual reminder 
of what the Lord did for us, how much he loves us. And I think that that's really the best explanation. It does not seem reasonable to me that this uh, millennial temple is just spiritualized. Why would God go to the effort of giving such specific dimensions as he did with the tabernacle if it was not going to be a literal temple that will be built during this millennial reign of Jesus Christ? Uh, I just have to believe that it is because God says what he means and he means what he says. But that seems to be the best explanation that I have come across as far as why these offerings will be offered during that time. Now, I know that there are people that have to have an explanation for everything so that they can understand it all. Let me tell you, there's so much that I just don't know. I have to just wait and see. And it will all make sense, I'm sure, once we get there to the millennial kingdom. Then it will all make sense and we will understand the offerings and all of it. But there are things that we don't know because it hasn't happened yet. And we just have to trust that the Lord is in control and he knows what he's doing. But I do believe that he has put this here just as he told Ezekiel so the people would be able to know these plans. It would cause them to humble themselves and realize how unholy they had been, but also to have great hope for the future that God had for them and that God has for us who trust in him. It is going to be a glorious kingdom age. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast and please leave us a review. That helps a lot. Tomorrow we will return to the book of Job and see where God finally speaks from out of the whirlwind, rebuking Job for darkening counsel with words without knowledge and confronting him with many questions. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through God's word on Simply the Bible.